Let's open in uh, prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can gather here together tonight to open up your word, uh, to study and learn about you. I pray that you'd teach us uh, by your spirit and by your word and that we would see how good you are and uh, your provision of uh, both woman and man and uh, creation of them and your provision of a marriage. And uh, we thank you for these things and uh, pray that they be to your honor and glory. We pray in your son's name. Amen. Okay, so uh, if you remember uh, last week, uh, we began looking at the first Toledo, uh, the first generation section, the generations of the heavens and the earth. And we're uh, shifting our attention from the uh, creation of the heavens and the earth at large and from the creation week uh, to day six, uh, where we're now uh, beginning to focus on the very first humans uh, in God's creation. Uh, and in the very first part of the generations of the heavens and the earth, uh, we're seeing God's uh, creation and provision uh, in the garden. Uh, and this will lead up to the fall uh, when the man and the woman will uh, sin and be banished from the garden. And in our first week, we looked at God's creation and provision uh, in the garden, uh, his creation of uh, the Adam, man uh, to work the Adama, ground. Uh, and there we saw that he created uh, the man. Uh, there was no man to work the ground, so he created him. He then planted the garden and caused trees to spring up. Uh, and he placed the man uh, in the garden uh, to work and to keep it. Uh, gave him the provision of uh, every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. Uh, in the tree of life, uh, which would uh, sustain his life so long as he uh, trusted God's word uh, and listened to him uh, and obeyed him. Uh, but he prohibited one tree, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And now tonight we'll see God continue his creation and provision, this time the creation of the Isha, a woman to help the Ish, a man. Uh, and here we'll see that the woman may be God's uh, single greatest uh, gift and provision to the man in all of his creation, uh, even above uh, the, the garden uh, and the, the trees that were pleasing to the sight and good for food, uh, and also uh, above the animals that he's going to create. Uh, because it's only uh, through marriage and through the one flesh union uh, that God's blessing uh, is uh, brought about in its fullness, uh, that they're able to uh, fill the earth and uh, multiply in it and also take dominion uh, over uh, the creation. And so uh, sh she may be his uh, very greatest provision for the man. And I think when we get to the end, we'll, we'll see that uh, Adam uh, agrees uh, when he uh, bursts out into uh, poetry. Uh, and then, uh, just to give a little overview of what we're about to uh, see, uh, first in verse 18, 
Uh, God will announce uh, a new problem in the narrative uh, and a solution to resolve it. Uh, he will announce that the, the man uh, is alone and that it's not good uh, and that he's going to make a helper uh, fit for him. Uh, and then we'll see two groupings of related events uh, in which God will form uh, creatures uh, from a source, uh, so the animals from the ground and the woman uh, from the man. Uh, and then after forming the creatures, he'll bring them to the man uh, and uh, Adam will name them. Uh, and in the first grouping, uh, we'll see God's formation of the animals from the ground. Uh, and this will result uh, in Adam not finding a helper uh, that's fit for him. Uh, and so this will actually complicate uh, the events uh, and build up suspense uh, waiting for the, the woman to be created, the, the one that God planned all along to uh, give to the man. Uh, and then we'll see God's formation of the uh, woman for the man. Uh, and this results in him find, finally finding uh, the helper that's uh, suitable uh, for him. Uh, and then we will only get to touch on this. So we'll, we'll look at it a little more, uh, Lord willing, next time. Uh, but after the events uh, are over, uh, and God brings her to the man, and he names her. Uh, then uh, Moses, as the narrator, will apply uh, all of this teaching to his audience to uh, teach them and instruct them in marriage, the, uh, the Israelites who are uh, about to enter into the land. Uh, and then Moses will describe uh, the man and the woman's state of uh, innocence uh, in the, the garden, that they were naked and not ashamed uh, and they, they have no guilt uh, because they haven't sinned yet. And that will set up the, uh, the entrance for the serpent. Uh, and now before we read this passage, uh, I just have to mention a couple terms that we'll be coming across. Uh, and one of them we've seen already. Uh, one is uh, Adam, uh, which uh, is actually the more a generic uh, term for uh, uh, specifically adult uh, human or for, for any human uh, regardless uh, of sex. So regardless whether they're male uh, or female. Uh, and then the word ish uh, will be appearing. Uh, and that tends to be the word that's uh, used specifically for an adult human male. Uh, and that's the case uh, in this uh, narrative. And it will be used in contrast with Yisha. So the Yish man and the Yisha woman, an adult human female. And why that's important uh, is because Moses is going to end uh, with uh, the man uh, using a wordplay uh, to say that the Yisha woman was taken from the Yish man. Uh, and so that word, ish, man, will only be used twice at the very climax and end of the narrative. But all the other times, he uses the word adam to, uh, to preserve and save this special word, ish, man, uh, to uh, see the complementary relationship uh, between uh, the woman and the man after God brings her 
to him. And so uh, to preserve this effect uh, in English, uh, we could call him uh, either the human, uh, we could call him the human being, or we could call him by his Hebrew name, uh, the Adam. Uh, and at least when we read uh, the, the tra translation, uh, we'll use the Hebrew word uh, Adam, uh, meaning human, just because to call him human over and over again in English sounds kind of odd uh, to, to refer to the human. And so now let's read through the passage uh, beginning in verse 18. Uh, then the Lord God said, It is not good that the Adam, the human, should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever the Adam called every living creature, that was its name. The Adam gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for the Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the Adam. And while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the Adam, he made into a woman and brought her to the Adam. Then the Adam said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, Isha, because she was taken out of man, Ish. Therefore a man, Ish, shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, his Isha, uh, and uh, they shall become one flesh. And the Adam and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now we'll be beginning with verse 18 uh, where God will introduce uh, the problem uh, and then the, the solution that he's going to bring about uh, to uh, resolve it. So verse 18, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the Adam, the human, should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. And so this uh, passage, right, right away uh, with God's announcement, uh, introduces a, a new significant development into the narrative. Uh, and it introduces uh, a problem that will be addressed in all of the subsequent events uh, that follow, that will build toward the, the resolution of this problem. Uh, and so this is important because to uh, interpret it rightly and follow along, uh, we have to recognize that this problem is there and this is what God uh, plans to solve. And so if you remember, for example, uh, at the beginning of the generations of the heavens and the earth, uh, there was a problem of sorts, maybe not a problem, but an unresolved issue. Uh, in verse 5, 
uh, it was said, uh, no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. Uh, And if you remember, uh, man is really the central issue, uh, God's creation of him. Uh, And so to to resolve this, this absence of man to work the ground, uh, God forms the man of the dust from the ground. Uh, He plants the garden, causes the trees to spring up, places him in the garden uh, to work uh, and to uh, keep it. Uh, And so uh, this is just another example of how uh, these little scenes can start with an unresolved issue or a problem uh, that the the rest of the the narrative is going to uh, bring to a a close. Uh, And then after God placed the man in the garden, uh, he uh, provided him with all of the the trees in the garden uh, except for uh, just uh, one. Uh, And from that point, after giving his commands and prohibitions, uh, then he announces this new problem. Uh, It is not good for the Adam to be alone. Uh, And you actually have to realize just how surprising and shocking uh, this should be, uh, that God says it is not good, that, that something is not good. Something is amiss. Something is absent. Uh, This is the first time since the creation of all things uh, in the heavens and the earth that God has said anything is not good. This is the first time. This is the last time uh, that anything is said uh, to not uh, be good. Uh, And so just in the the creation account, uh, if you remember, seven times God pronounced what he had made to be good. So in day one, uh, after the creation of light, uh, it says, and God saw that the light was good. Uh, Day three, after the gathering of the waters uh, and the appearance of the earth, and God saw that it was good. Uh, After the creation of the vegetation, God saw that it was good. Uh, Day four, after the creation of the lights, and God saw that it was good. Uh, Day five, the creation of the sea creatures and the birds. God saw that it was good. Uh, Day six, uh, at the the very beginning, after the creation of the land animals, God saw that it was good. What he had made was good. Uh, And at the end of day six, after the creation of man, after the creation of all things, before God's completion and rest, it says... And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Uh, And so everything that God made was good through and through. Seven times the number of completion, of perfection. Uh, And then, once we get into the generations account, uh, the generations of the heavens and the earth, uh, verse 9, And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and good for food. Uh, And then, verses 11 and 12, the name of the first river is the Pishon. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Uh, And so, uh, seven, eight, nine times, 
uh, something has been said uh, to be good in God's creation. He's the very good and perfect creator. Uh, and here, now he says, then the Lord God said, it is not good that the Adam should be uh, alone. And so this is very surprising. This should grab our attention uh, and recognize and begin to anticipate uh, that there's this problem and to expect the resolution of this problem, that, that God's going to solve it. For if something is not good in God's creation, uh, he uh, is going to uh, do something about that. Uh, and this uh, also will show just how important the woman is uh, in God's uh, economy of uh, creation and the, the way that he's ordered things. And so now we know that there's a big problem, uh, but let's try to determine uh, what exactly it means that the, the man is alone. So it is not good that the Adam should be alone. Uh, first off, uh, the man is not alone in an absolute sense, uh, where he just needs any sort of company uh, or companionship or, or friendship uh, or the presence of someone. Uh, for God has already uh, provided uh, for him, uh, God uh, has provided him his presence and provision uh, in, in the garden. He's made himself known to the man. And uh, if you think about what scripture teaches, uh, really uh, to know God is the a single a greatest thing uh, that anyone uh, could, could ever do. Uh, to uh, know him, uh, to be in a right relationship uh, with him uh, without uh, condemnation and uh, sin uh, abiding on us. But uh, God has not made the man uh, to be without a creaturely uh, companionship. He hasn't made him to live uh, on uh, a lonely island, uh, isolated uh, and uh, as isolated, lonely uh, human being uh, to live and dwell uh, all by his own without without any uh, fellow creatures. And so uh, God intends for him to have a creaturely companionship and uh, someone or something uh, to help him fulfill God's uh, mandate to be fruitful and multiply and uh, fill the creation and to have, have dominion over it and to uh, care and uh, work for the, the garden. Uh, and so man is not alone in an absolute sense. He's alone in a, a more specific uh, sense. Uh, in God's uh, solution uh, that he offers uh, helps us understand what this more specific sense is uh, in which he is alone. Uh, so uh, verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good that the Adam should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. So he needs a helper uh, fit for him. Uh, in this phrase, helper fit for him, uh, could be more literally translated as a uh, helper as his counterpart, uh, like the Lexham English Bible, or a helper as his uh, complement. Uh, and so this is someone who will 
help him fulfill God's mandate uh, and to uh, enjoy the the fullness of uh, God's blessing. Uh, But then they will be a helper as his counterpart or his uh, complement. They will be someone who is uh, both like him, uh, but who is also uh, different from him in a way that that complements him, that uh, makes up for any of his shortcomings uh, and his uh, weaknesses or uh, certain incapacities. And now some uh, make it as if it's a matter of just uh, similarity, likeness, or correspondence, that this helper is just like him. Uh, And it's true. Uh, They are uh, very much like him. This is a a very big uh, part of it. But it's not the the only part. Uh, But, uh, for example, uh, the the animals share certain similarities with the man. Uh, We'll see. They're they're both taken uh, from the ground and formed from the ground. But they do not constitute a helper as his complement or who is uh, suitable for him, fit for him. Uh, But the man and the woman uh, share a much stronger correspondence uh, in that uh, she is taken from the man and so she shares in his humanity uh, and is made uh, in the very image of God Uh, and so yes uh, the likeness is incredibly important but it's not just that she's like the man that she's a a suitable helper but she will also be different and complementary to him uh, if uh, God just wanted someone who is very much like the man, uh, he could have just made another man uh, as his uh, companion and uh, friend to, uh, to uh, work the, the garden and uh, take, uh, take care of it. Uh, but, uh, as James White would say, uh, he didn't make a mirror image uh, for, for Adam, one who is exactly the same. And uh, if he had just made another man, they would not even be able to, uh, to be fruitful, multiply, and fill, fill the earth with uh, progeny, with uh, children. Uh, and then they, they couldn't take dominion uh, either. Uh, and so we see that God did not create a man, male and male, but he created them male and female. Uh, and so uh, it's a matter of correspondence and likeness, but also complement, fulfillment, and comp- completion, uh, as uh, we will see. Uh, in Alan P. Ross, uh, in the Bible Knowledge Commentary, uh, says this, God decided to make a helper suitable, literally a helper corresponding to him, or a corresponding helper for the man. Helper is not a demeaning term. It is often used in scripture to describe God Almighty. Uh, The description of her as corresponding to him means basically that what was said about him in Genesis 2 verse 7, so that's when, when he was created, was also true of her. They both had the same nature. But what man lacked, his aloneness was not good, she supplied. And what she lacked, he supplied. The culmination was one flesh, the complete unity of man and woman in marriage. Uh, And so 
uh, we will be seeing uh, now uh, that the, we have the, the problem uh, set up, uh, we'll see that uh, it's going to build toward the, the resolution of this problem uh, in that a God will indeed make a helper uh, who is fit for him, a, a helper as his counterpart. And now this brings us to the, the first grouping of related events uh, in which a God will form uh, the animals uh, from the, the ground. Uh, he will then bring them to the man uh, and have him uh, name them. Uh, and this uh, grouping, this, this formation of the animals uh, will not result uh, in the man finding a, a suitable helper. Uh, and really it's just going to compl complicate the situation uh, and make uh, the Adam human uh, recognize uh, his his need and that he is uh, alone. So, verse 19, Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever the Adam called every living creature, that was its name. Uh, and so here uh, we see Yahweh God's creation uh, of all the varieties of the birds uh, and the, the beasts of the field uh, and his bringing them uh, to uh, the man. And then we'll see uh, that he will name them in just a little bit. And now notice uh, how the animals are like uh, the man. Uh, in Genesis 2, verse 7, uh, we'll learn that the, the man, or we, we did learn that the man was formed from the ground and that he is a living creature. Uh, so verse 7, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Now verse 19. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. Uh, and so they're both made out of the same basic physical created stuff. Uh, the, the ground, uh, the, the dust of the, the ground. Uh, and so, although man is created in the image of God, uh, ultimately, he's a creature. Uh, he is not God. He's a created being, uh, created uh, by his creator. Uh, and in this way, uh, he's like uh, all of the animals. Uh, and so, uh, because of this likeness, uh, maybe, maybe they could be uh, a match for the man. Uh, maybe they could be uh, a helper uh, as his counterpart. And we'll see that when, when the man names them. Uh, but first, uh, we also have to think about how does the creation of these animals uh, relate uh, to the creation week? Uh, if you remember the creation week, the sea creatures and the birds were created on day five. Uh, and then uh, the beasts and man were created on day six. Uh, but 
here uh, we see uh, that, uh, verse 19, out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the Adam. Uh, and so how uh, do these uh, things uh, relate? Uh, and there are basically a few different answers uh, that have been offered, uh, and Matthew uh, gives a, a few of them. Uh, one, uh, some interpret uh, or, or translate uh, these uh, events as having happened before God's creation uh, of the man on day six uh, and uh, before his presentation of the animals to them. Uh, so then uh, the, the birds may have been uh, created uh, on day five, uh, but then God brought them along with the beasts to the man on day six to, to name. And uh, the ESV uh, translates it this way. Uh, is it the events having happened before? Uh, verse 19, now out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to uh, the man. So he had formed. Uh, this was something he did in the past, uh, before uh, these, uh, these events. Uh, and so that's uh, one uh, solution that, that some offer. Uh, Matthew suggests uh, that the arrangement uh, of uh, the generations of the heavens and the earth and God's creation and provision of the man and the woman are arranged topically uh, rather than uh, in a, a chronological sequential order. Uh, and sometimes uh, reading through uh, different narratives in the Old Testament and the New Testament, sometimes the authors uh, will use a, a topical order. Uh, in, they're not necessarily focused on keeping all of the events uh, in a strict a chronological uh, sequence. And so uh, Matthews thinks that it, it's likely that uh, it's uh, a topical uh, arrangement. And so Moses isn't so concerned uh, as to uh, when uh, exactly they, they were made, but more of the issue uh, that comparing the animals uh, to the woman uh, and showing that uh, compared to them, she's uh, second to, uh, to none. Uh, I believe, however, uh, that the, these other views are, are worth uh, uh, worth con consideration. That uh, maybe maybe right, uh, but I think that the most natural reading uh, is probably that a God specially created uh, these animals specifically for Adam uh, to name in the garden. Uh, and so then it would be a, a unique event that's not mentioned in uh, the six days of creation. Uh, because if, if you remember, uh, the six days of creation only gave a really broad overview uh, of creation from the perspective of the heavens and the earth uh, as a whole. Uh, and so uh, it didn't go into uh, any close-up details and it does not address uh, specific events in the garden, other than saying that uh, beasts were made and man was uh, was made uh, on the on the earth, uh, but the generations of the heavens and the earth uh, give us uh, details uh, about uh, God's creation on day six, specifically His creation of the the first humans, uh, 
on a very specific plot of land in the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Delight. So a relatively small plot of land compared to the uh, looking at the, the whole heavens and the earth, uh, the 30,000 foot uh, view. Uh, and so in that case, the two accounts would uh, complement one another uh, and enrich one another. It's just giving us a more, uh, more detail uh, about uh, day six. But I, I believe uh, the, the other views are, are worth considering, and uh, perhaps they were made specifically for uh, Adam. Uh, so now that God has created the, the animals uh, from the, the same substance that he's made the man, uh, now we'll see uh, what happens uh, when Adam uh, names them. Uh, verse 20 the Adam gave names to all the livestock, and to the birds of the heavens, and to every beast of the field. But for the Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. Uh, and so here we see God has brought them uh, to the man. Uh, and this uh, does not uh, resolve the, the problem, but it's just, uh, it complicates the issues, uh, and it's, it's awaiting the, the creation of, of woman. Uh, who will be the, the pinnacle of, of God's uh, provision for the man. Now, what's the significance of uh, Adam naming uh, these creatures? Uh, if you uh, recall in the creation account, uh, God uh, made distinctions between things and exercised authority. Uh, he named the light day. He named the darkness night. Uh, he called the expanse heavens, uh, the uh, dry land he called earth, and the waters below uh, he named uh, seas. Uh, in there, uh, God was making distinctions uh, between all the created habitats uh, that he was making, assigning them their own place and function within his uh, economy of creation. Uh, and he also exercised authority over them. Uh, he is... God, he is the sovereign over day and night, uh, over the heavens above, uh, over the earth and waters below. Uh, he is the sovereign king over all things. Uh, but a man uh, is made in his image. Uh, and so God is a speaking God who exercises authority. And man created in his image uh, he speaks and exercises authority. And so as the animals pass by him and he sees uh, all of them and their great varieties, uh, he describes them, he distinguishes between them, uh, and he exercises his authority uh, to name them because God has given him dominion over uh, all of the, uh, the animals. Uh, but the main point here uh, is that Adam recognizes, uh, after uh, seeing all of them, uh, that there's uh, not a helper uh, as his counterpart among them. Uh, and so he saw them in all their major varieties, uh, domesticated, non-domesticated, uh, flying creatures, land animals. Uh, he saw, saw them in all of their diverse shapes and sizes and colors and textures and uh, all of their uh, their unique capacities and uses that he might be able to uh, put to use uh, in their countless uh, other traits 
uh, but not even one of them could serve as a helper uh, fit for the man uh, as his uh, complement. And so uh, why is this? Why uh, would none of the animals uh, do, uh, even though God has created so many uh, unique and great uh, creatures? Well, uh, as we were just touching on, a man is uniquely made in the image of God. Uh, he's a God's royal steward uh, over the, the creation. Uh, and so he bears honor and dignity and authority and rulership uh, over the creation and over all of the other uh, creatures and animals that dwell upon the earth. Uh, and so... Uh, the, the animals, uh, they're not created in God's image after his likeness. Uh, and really, uh, they're just subjects of the man. The, the man has authority over them. And so uh, they really uh, could not help him or humans in their charge uh, to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, uh, and to take a dominion uh, over it. God hasn't given a dominion to uh, the, the beasts and the, the birds uh, of the air. Uh, and we will see that only a woman uh, is his perfect counterpart. The animals uh, don't even come in a close second. And they're not different uh, just by degree, but by kind. Uh, they are uh, other than the humans. Uh, and so uh, Matthew's just speaking of the, the uniqueness of woman uh, compared to the animals, says... Animals and birds are paraded before the man by the divine zookeeper, zookeeper with a capital Z, uh, for the man uh, to name them, uh, thereby exercising his authority over them. Uh, the creatures are named within three broad categories, domesticated livestock, birds, and beasts of the field. By this, the man could observe that there was none among the creatures who matched him in kind. The narration brings out this implication. For Adam, no suitable helper was found. The point is that the man was looking for a human match, but he found none. The woman, therefore, is distinguished from the animals. She is not of the order of the animals over whom the man is to dominate, she will share in the responsibility of dominating the created order. The fact that man is expressing his rule over the animal world in search for an appropriate helper caused him to realize his inadequacy to the task if he continues in the impotent condition of alone. In this way, God is preparing the man to value his mate. Just as man was uniquely made, receiving from God the divine inbreathing of life, the woman's creation in the narrative was unique. Both the man and the woman are mysteriously made by the hands of God. Uh, and so now that we know uh, that God has brought these animals to him, uh, and although uh, they were from the, the same basic created stuff as the man. Uh, none of them uh, will do, and none of them is a match. Uh, so this brings us to the second grouping of events uh, in which God will form the woman, uh, this time not from the ground, but 
from the man himself, uh, and he will bring her to the man, uh, and then uh, he will finally uh, name her. Uh, and uh, we'll see here uh, that the, the man finally finds uh, the helper uh, who is uh, his very uh, counterpart. And so uh, first in uh, verses 21 and 22, uh, we see God's creation of the woman and his bringing her to the man. Uh, verse 21, so the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the Adam, human. And while he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the Lord God made the rib that he had taken from the Adam into a woman. Uh, and so God uh, forms, forms the woman uh, from the man and brings her uh, to the, the man. Uh, and we see that she's formed from his uh, rib or his side, uh, Selah in Hebrew. Uh, and here uh, it's disputed uh, whether it precisely means uh, one of his ribs uh, or uh, a portion of his uh, side. Uh, as Johnny Hartley says in the Theological Wordbook of the Old Testament, uh, typically this term is used as an architectural term. Uh, most of the time it's used for the uh, creation of the tabernacle. Uh, and it typically refers to the side of something, uh, but it may also refer to uh, planks or uh, boards. Uh, and so uh, some suggest that Adam's uh, poem uh, implies uh, the, the latter, that it's uh, his uh, side uh, from which she's taken. So in the, the NET Bible, uh, they say, uh, traditionally translated rib, the Hebrew word actually means side. Uh, the Hebrew text reads, and he took one from his sides. Uh, so that, that'd be a literal rendering. And he took, uh, God took one from his sides, uh, which could be re rendered part of his sides. Uh, that idea may fit better the explanation by the man that the woman is his flesh and bone. Uh, and so in verse 23, uh, the man, or the Adam said, uh, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Uh, and so uh, here, uh, maybe referring to bone and flesh, uh, maybe it's a li little more than just a, a single a single rib, uh, but uh, she's taken from her side. And uh, either way, uh, we know uh, that she's taken from at least a, a portion of his side, uh, whether uh, whether a single rib or uh, a bit a bit bit more. Uh, and as uh, Gordon uh, Wenham says, I mean that's really the the central issue here. Uh, Moses isn't. Uh, getting into like technical medical terminology to uh, explain the, the precise uh, operation that was going on here. Uh, but God uh, took something 
uh, out from his side and uh, closed up the, the flesh. And so the, the central point and theme uh, of this whole section, uh, and we'll see it again and again, is that the woman, uh, Isha, was taken from the man, uh, the Ish. Uh, and this is in contrast uh, to both where the man was taken from, but especially where the animals uh, were, were formed. Uh, and so in verse 7, uh, said, uh, Then the Lord God formed the man, uh, the Adam, of dust from the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. On verse 18, Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field, and the, every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man see what he would call them uh, and so uh, they the animals are taken from the ground but were no match for the man uh, but the woman is taken not from the, the ground uh, and so she's not just another creature uh, but she's taken from the man uh, and corresponds uh, to him uh, and so just to show this, this theme uh, that, that we're going to see repeated a, a few more times, uh, that the woman is taken from the man. Uh, look at verses 21, uh, and then we'll look at 22. Uh, verse 21, uh, So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the Adam, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. Uh, and so this is the introduction of the theme. First we say uh, he takes uh, one of his ribs or uh, a portion of his uh, side. Uh, but then second, uh, in verse 22, uh, in the Lord God made the rib that he had taken from the Adam into a woman. Well, he could have just said, and the Lord God made the rib into a woman. We know whose rib it was uh, because he just stated in the last uh, sentence whose rib he had just taken. Uh, and so why does he repeat the rib that he had taken from the Adam? Uh, well, this is a technique called over-specification. Uh, he's giving more information that's needed, uh, too much information uh, to repeat the theme uh, so we know what this is all about uh, to, uh, to get our attention, to, to grasp the, the theme of this whole thing. Uh, this is not just any rib. Uh, this is the rib that he had taken from the Adam, and he made it into a woman. The woman was uh, taken from the Adam. The woman was taken from the Adam. He, he's going to repeat this. It's important, uh, as we will uh, see uh, a few more times. Uh, Matthew says uh, the building block uh, for constructing the woman is a portion of the man's essential skeletal frame. Uh, as we have already observed, the language of the garden scene is found in the tabernacle description. The selah, here rendered ribs, appears frequently in the construction setting of the tabernacle, there translated side. Uh, the woman was taken from the man's side to show that she was of the same substance as the man and to underscore the unity of the human family having one source. This is made clear by the man's description of her, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. 
Uh, and so we see she's from the same substance uh, as the man. Uh, and this uh, preserves and underscores, as he says, the unity of the human family having one source. And so God created the man first uh, as the, the first uh, human. Uh, but then uh, he didn't just make a woman as another creature from the ground, but he preserves the unity of humanity by forming her from the first human. Uh, and then uh, together uh, in marriage, uh, they produce uh, offspring uh, in the, the rest of the, uh, the human family and of uh, hum humanity. And so they all go back uh, ultimately uh, to one man, the, the first Adam. Uh, and then in the New Testament, you see the second Adam, who's, uh, who's the head of a new uh, redeemed humanity, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, and now uh, God has brought the woman uh, to the man. Uh, so let's uh, see how he uh, responds and names her. Verse 23 uh, then the Adam said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. She shall be called woman, Isha, because she was taken out of man, Ish. Uh, and so uh, here, uh, Adam recognizes her as his perfect complement. Uh, this is the one that God had prepared especially uh, for him. Uh, and Adam's uh, poem uh, is uh, it's climactic. Uh, he finally has the helper that God has created for him uh, so that he can enjoy the fullness of God's blessing uh, and fulfill a God's a mandate to, uh, to uh, fill the earth and multiply uh, in it. Uh, and also, uh, this is the first time uh, that Adam speaks uh, in uh, the, the, the whole narrative uh, since he's, uh, he's been create, created. Uh, and he's so thrilled uh, by what God has brought him uh, that he bursts out into ecstatic, uh, joyous uh, poetry uh, because he's uh, so delighted uh, and pleased. Uh, and at the, the start of his poem, uh, he says, this at last, uh, or, or this now, uh, referring to the, the woman, uh, contrasting this instance uh, of the woman that God has brought him uh, with the past instances where God brought him uh, the animals uh, to, uh, to name. And he's contrasting them, uh, saying this now, uh, look at the, the one that God has uh, has brought him. Uh, and so after the, the animals, uh, he had named uh, one after another, after another, after another, after another, and seeing uh, all of their uh, varieties uh, and uh, found no helper corresponding to him. But uh, here he now uh, finds the one that, that God has, uh, has made for him. Uh, and then we see the theme again uh, of the woman being taken uh, from uh, the man. Uh, and so we had seen uh, previously uh, in verse 22, 
uh, that the Lord uh, took one of his ribs uh, while he slept. Uh, then secondly, uh, we saw uh, that the Lord God made the rib that he had taken from the Adam into a woman. Uh, and now uh, thirdly, and I guess you could say fourthly, uh, he says this at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. Uh, so third, bone of my bone. Fourth, flesh of my flesh. Uh, showing that a woman is uh, cut from the, the same cloth uh, she's spun from the same thread. She's uh, uh, knit from the, the same yarn uh, and made from the same stuff uh, as, as man. Uh, and so uh, she's, uh, she's a human. She's his uh, counterpart. Uh, and, oh, I think Wenham uh, may have brought this up. I, I forget which commentator. Uh, but in Ephesians uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 28, it seems that Paul draws from this, uh, and he's going to quote the, the very verse uh, that, that follows. And let me just read this for you, uh, thinking bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh, that she is taken from, from man. Uh, so Ephesians, uh, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Uh, and so he's referring to her as she's his, his own body. No one hates his own body, but loves and cherishes it. And so he's to love and cherish his wife as his own body and as his own flesh, a bone of my bone and flesh of, of my flesh. Uh, and then, uh, fifthly, uh, the basis for her name uh, that Adam gives, uh, he says, she shall be called woman, Isha, because she was taken out of or from man, uh, Ish. Uh, and so uh, the animals uh, were formed uh, from the Adama ground, uh, but the Isha, woman, uh, is taken from the Ish, man. Uh, and this provides the very uh, basis for her, her name. And he uh, produces a, a word play. And now, uh, let's consider the significance of her uh, being taken uh, from uh, the man. Uh, and this will be uh, the, primarily the, the last uh, material that we cover uh, tonight. Uh, and so, uh, first, uh, as we've already touched on, uh, the woman shares the man's uh, essential uh, nature. Uh, man and woman are both humans uh, made in the image of God uh, after uh, his very likeness, uh, being equal in their uh, honor and dignity uh, and uh, authority and dominion uh, over all of the earth and the, the rest of, of creation. Uh, and they are uh, both God's royal uh, stewards uh, to uh, rule on his behalf uh, as God uh, would have them do uh, in 
righteousness and uh, goodness uh, and justice. Uh, and so as uh, Matthew said, uh, this shows the, the unity of uh, the human family, that she shares his essential nature. Uh, and in uh, the creation account in verse 26, uh, we uh, see this uh, same thing. Uh, then God said, uh, let us make man, so referring to all of humanity, in our image, after our likeness, and let them, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on uh, the earth. Uh, and so uh, individually they, they bear the, the very uh, image of God, uh, both of them, male and female, and together uh, they constitute uh, all of uh, humanity. Uh, and then uh, she not only shares his essential nature, uh, but she is designed uh, to uh, complement uh, the man. Uh, and so uh, as a scholar, uh, Robert Gagnon has said, uh, she is uh, his other half uh, who is taken from him uh, to rejoin him uh, as an organic, uh, functional uh, whole uh, or organic uh, they're made uh, to be uh, joined together uh, in marriage uh, as man and woman, and husband and wife, and uh, mother and father. Uh, and so, uh, and then functional, uh, they function together and serve a purpose and do together what they cannot uh, do alone. Uh, and so, uh, the man uh, works the ground uh, from which she was taken, uh, but she helps the man from whom she was taken. Uh, and so the man was made for the ground to work it. Uh, and she was made for the man to uh, help him uh, in uh, keeping, keeping the garden and uh, being fruitful and multiplying, filling the earth and uh, having a dominion over it. Uh, and uh, we see the, the two word plays again uh, that uh, the Adama ground uh, needs the Adam human. Uh, to, to work it, uh, to give it its full produce. Uh, and the Ish, man, needs the Isha, uh, woman, uh, to also fulfill uh, what God has, uh, has assigned to, uh, to him. And so uh, with the woman, uh, we see uh, God's perfect uh, provision uh, for uh, the, the man and uh, really the culmination and uh, crowning uh, provision that he's given him with uh, with all things and uh, they're made specifically to complement one another uh, in their strengths and uh, weaknesses and their uh, unique uh, capacities as uh, man and woman and they're uh, man and woman and husband and wife and a mother and father uh, and then uh, we'll see this uh, in the the next verses that we're going to have to uh, touch on a little more uh, next time but verses 24 and 25. 
Uh, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Uh, The man and his wife were both naked and were not uh, ashamed. Uh, And we see that they uh, unite uh, in a marriage. The uh, the two halves, she was taken from him, uh, but now they uh, join together in marriage uh, again now now is one the, the two halves complement one another uh, in form uh, an organic functional uh, whole and the man and the uh, the Adam and his wife were both uh, naked and were not ashamed uh, showing uh, their innocence they uh, hadn't sinned yet they uh, had uh, no guilt and uh, they enjoy a God's a perfect uh, and good uh, provision uh, for them uh, in in the garden. And uh, think of marriage uh, before there was any sin, before there was any enmity and strife and, uh, and fighting and selfishness and uh, and all of the ways that we'll see uh, throughout uh, the the book of Genesis uh, that uh, marriage will be corrupted uh, and twisted. Uh, and uh, and destroyed and uh, abused by uh, by humans uh, and even uh, often by uh, by believers, uh, but uh, even uh, before the fall, uh, the institution of marriage was uh, foundational uh, for uh, God's purpose in creation uh, to bless humanity, uh, to bless His creatures, uh, into a bless. Uh, all, all of the the earth. Uh, it's uh, how that they uh, propagated and had uh, children, which are a, a blessing uh, from from God. Uh, and uh, we'll also see, uh, we'll touch on it next time, uh, that marriage was uh, integral for the, the Israelites and necessary for them uh, to uh, enjoy the, the fullness of, of God's uh, blessing uh, as uh, his stewards and also uh, as his chosen vessel to to make uh, God known uh, in the world and uh, to, through whom God was going to bring about his Messiah and establish uh, his kingdom. Uh, and then after uh, the fall, uh, we'll see that God uses marriage uh, to uh, preserve the woman's seed uh, despite sin and evil uh, in the, the curse. Uh, he will preserve the woman's seed, uh, but uh, also through her chosen seed, he's going to restore a blessing uh, to uh, to the Israelites, uh, to uh, the the nations, uh, and ultimately uh, to all of creation. And this is through the seed, uh, the chosen uh, seed and line of the the woman, uh, through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, through the twelve tribes of Israel. Uh, through uh, Judah, uh, to whom belongs the kingship. Uh, and then uh, later came Jesse, the father of David, and uh, David, uh, who, uh, to whom God promised uh, an eternal throne and that one of his seed would always uh, sit upon his uh, throne and uh, reign and rule. Uh, and uh, ultimately, God's blessings and promises find their ultimate fulfillment uh, in Jesus Christ, uh, who is uh, the lion of the tribe of Judah, uh, the root of Jesse, the root of David, 
the descendant of David and the seed of David, uh, the, the bright morning star. Uh, we find many of these allusions, not just in the Old Testament, but in books like Revelation and uh, Matthew. Uh, and this was the, the one who is to, to come, uh, the, uh, the ultimate seed uh, and the ultimate uh, descendant uh, of David. Uh, and it's uh, through uh, him uh, that God uh, restores his blessings and uh, promises. He uh, came and uh, he was uh, born of a woman under the law. Uh, so he fulfilled all the right, righteous requirements uh, of God's law. Uh, he also uh, died on a cross to uh, bear the sins of those who repent and uh, put their trust in uh, him alone. Uh, and if they do, uh, not only will he uh, remove uh, all of their sins and bear their sin, uh, their condemnation, uh, the death uh, that they deserve, uh, but uh, he will clothe them uh, in his very own righteousness for uh, he lived uh, the, the perfect life. Uh, in God, uh, he was buried uh, and raised from the dead and uh, seated at the, the right hand of uh, of God and uh, those who trust in him uh, become uh, adopted sons and daughters uh, of God. Uh, God himself is uh, a father and uh, he even uh, reconciles sinners to himself uh, and uh, adopts them as his uh, own sons and daughters. Uh, and they will uh, one day uh, reign with Christ in uh, new resurrected bodies and uh, live in the new heavens and the new earth uh, where righteousness dwells uh, and they will uh, live with Christ uh, in, in his presence and uh, in the presence of the, the Father uh, in the Spirit uh, and enjoy uh, his provision uh, forevermore uh, and so uh, God's purposes in marriage I, I hope you uh, recognize uh, are uh, far deeper and uh, have to do uh, with the, the very uh, blessing of his creatures from the beginning, uh, but also uh, for uh, their redemption uh, in restoring uh, his blessing to, uh, to all of creation. Uh, and so uh, next time, Lord willing, uh, we'll uh, touch on the last two verses uh, a bit more uh, and we'll see where, where we go from here uh, Next, uh, we'll, we'll be seeing the serpent uh, introduced uh, and we'll see the, uh, the, the temptation uh, and strategy of uh, Satan. So let's just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for all that you teach us in your word and I thank you uh, for for marriage and for uh, creating humanity, uh, male and female, uh, man and woman, husband and wife, mother and father, uh, and for your a very good creation and a provision to the first man and the first woman, which uh, really shows just uh, your uh, awesome goodness uh, in creation and uh, your goodwill and uh, love uh, for all of your creatures and thank you also that uh, even though they sinned 
uh, you uh, that you uh, forgive that uh, you are just uh, you do judge uh, and uh, ultimately uh, if people continue uh, in their rebellion uh, they will face the second death uh, and they will be cast into hell but you are not just just but uh, you are also merciful and gracious uh, and that uh, you showed grace by uh, preserving uh, the offspring of the woman uh, and preserving uh, humanity uh, so that uh, men and women of every people, nation, tribe, and tongue uh, might uh, come to uh, believe in you and to uh, be saved and forgiven and reconciled to you. And uh, We also thank you for your promises uh, that uh, one day you will uh, restore all of your blessing uh, even uh, greater uh, than at first. Uh, and we look forward to, to your promises uh, and to your uh, blessing and uh, the return of your king uh, and the establishment of your kingdom over all the earth. And uh, we thank you for these things and give you praise and thanks and uh, pray these things in the name of your son. Amen.